Welcome to the Phenomenal Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build a phenomenal and fulfilling career that stands out. I'm your host, Just Jazz, career success coach and tea lover who believes you can do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your career deserves. Welcome to this week's episode of the Phenomenal Career Podcast. This week is a very special episode, a special bonus episode, where I will be introducing you to two women who enable me to just do the stuff that I do. Two amazing friends and coaches uh, who are the resident coaches within the Career Clubhouse membership, which is a membership for ambitious women who are ready to play big in their careers. So... I'm going to stop waffling on and ask them to introduce themselves. So the first person I'd love to invite to introduce themselves is Rachel Walker. Hi, Rachel. Hello. Hello, hello. It's so fabulous to be here. Um, Yeah, so I'm just stifling the existential crisis of trying to introduce myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm Rachel and I am a whole person coach. Um, So I work primarily with women around their relationships and around their careers, um, really looking at how they can get really clear about who they are, accept who they are and use all the best parts of who they are to make courageous decisions uh, between their relationships and careers. Oh, I love it. We're going to get back to that later on. (laughs) Awesome. And Sarah, well, Sarah Jane, sorry. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, full name. It's, I feel yeah. like I've been naughty in my full name. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm founder of Wealth Coach, uh, where I work with individuals, couples, groups and businesses to find the joy in connecting to your money and future, because there is a lot of joy in it. You just sometimes have to find it. Oh, I love this. I love this. So for context, for some of you, this may be the first time that you're meeting Rachel and Sarah. And for others of you, you get to connect with them every month. Um, But I thought it was really important to invite them onto this episode because it's something that I I really pride myself on being transparent. Um, And the Career Clubhouse membership, when it came about, the vision was so big for it that I knew I couldn't do it by myself. And I actually didn't want to. So when I was sort of making plans for this amazing long-term membership, this, this space where ambitious women could just be and not have to explain themselves, they could be upskilled, they can support each other, they can be coached. So it's coaching-centered. The minute I decided to create a membership that it's for is about coaches, I thought of both Sarah and Rachel. And it's so interesting Um because you always have something in mind when you're planning it. And then when it happens, it kind of ends up being like 10x, whatever that was, um, to the point where like between us, I just feel like we're a bunch of power rangers because the <laughs> ladies in the group, they get they get all the varieties, right? So um, Rachel is a whole person, you know, certified life coach. Um, Sarah, who's also, you know, certified as a life coach practicing as a world coach stepping into that area and me doing all things career success but again very much having coaching at the core I'm certified as a life coach um it was really important for me that we had that balance and that we were able to cover all the bases because even though it's a personal development community 
I wanted to create a space where personal development didn't just look like growing your business or getting a promotion. Personal development looked like getting comfortable with the sticky parts of you or um, having a space where you can talk about balancing motherhood and career or you could talk about energy levels you know and you can talk about other stuff like we can talk about planning our lives around our menstrual cycles and you know taking tough decisions and paying bills and wanting to know what investing's like I wanted it to be, be a space where nothing was off the table but also I wanted to be respectful of creating a space where everyone shows up in their best energy Everyone shows up in their zone of genius, which is something I love talking about. But literally that, like inviting whoever I decided to choose as as coaches, I wanted to make sure that I created a space for them to be themselves inside the umbrella, inside the home of the career clubhouse. So um, that's another reason why it was really important for me to tuck in a time for us to have this, have this podcast, introduce you to the ladies and just have a little bit more of a discussion about what that looks like to carve out a, a coaching centered space and what that means for us. Um, and I'd love to just start from there. So full disclosure, I met Rachel when we were, I think we were both training as mm-hmm. coaches. Yeah. So we became each other's peer coaches. We didn't actually meet in person until what felt like, was it a year and a half, two years later? Later, yeah. Yeah. yeah so we were like we connected on a Facebook group I think that was it like I think it might have been you that posted Rachel and you were just like hey I'm looking for peeps um, get my hours up yeah I get hours up right because when you're when you're training as a coach um and this becomes I think for me it was the most powerful part of the experience is that you're immersed into actually doing the coaching like you read all the textbooks in the world but when you are coached yourself as well as coaching others, that's when you kind of build the muscle for it. It's kind of like riding a bike. You can like read a book about riding a bike, but it's about riding mm. the bike, falling off the bike, going over the speed bump, all of that sort of stuff, turning the sharp corner. That's where you actually pick up the skills. So that's what it was for us. Um, and quite similarly, Sarah, we met when we were on a coaching program as well, but also we're part of a female community. So we're kind of... Me, I'm not intermingling all of it. So I think we first met on as as part of a um, a female networking community. Yeah. I think that's where we very first met. If not, perhaps uh maybe we sort of met a little bit on socials. I, we need to try and pinpoint. Actually, we have to pinpoint it. It'll probably be somewhere yeah. in our inbox. Yeah. <laughs> somewhere in the the inbox has the evidence the the calendar always has the evidence um but we're part of a female community called found and flourish and it's set up to really just support female business owners and it's been super invaluable during the lockdown period and just in general i've I've been a member pre-lockdown um so it was just delightful when i met sarah um and one thing that's quite funny, so this is what I mean when I say like you think of people, you plan it, and then it 10Xs itself. And I, I don't know who wants to tell this story. I feel like it was Rachel that brought it to my attention, but the dungarees that I... Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So we, like me and Sarah only met through Jazz, through doing Career Clubhouse. So I haven't met in person or anything. And just as we started working together... I noticed that Sarah posted a picture on um, Instagram of her Lucy and Yak dungarees. And I was like, oh my God, I've just ordered 
a pink, I think they were pink, I've got yellow as well now, and these dungarees in pink. Um, and then we were saying that Jazz should also get a pair so we can all get together one time and be like the career clubhouse dungaree club. <laughs> and when Rachel sent me that on WhatsApp, I was just like, oh my gosh, kindred spirits or what? I'm like, yes. <laughs> Tell me when I say Power Rangers And we'll take a photo as evidence When we all have the dungarees And we all meet in person And you'll see exactly what we mean there um, But I, yeah, I wanted to share that story Because for me, I was just like Oh my gosh, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favourite things about Like collaborating with other people Or meeting other people through People that you're close to Is like you see those pieces of them that make you go this is why we all know each other like this is why your friends friends are like would be my friends kind of thing yeah yeah it's literally that like even as we speak like our our, our first team meeting I loved it it was just so great to have to sort of have like-minded people and we were all buzzing off each other and making suggestions for what we should be doing and it was all really forward focused and lovely and Mm. I don't think I've ever experienced such an encouraging space and you know such a fantastic team meeting where we all really support each other and our focus is creating the best space possible for everybody else which is Mm. yeah and even as we're recording you won't be able to see this unless I take a picture towards the end which I might do but I have behind me multicolored highlighters Rachel's got a multicolored uh image on the wall with like an inspirational quote which Sarah also has on her wall. She has multicolored inspirational quotes. She's also wearing a very brightly colored top today. Okay. So we are rainbow people. Okay. We like a splash of color. This is this is our love language. Color. Okay. So if you if you ever, you know, ever want to butter any of us up, you know, anything like that. Anything colorful is really welcome. Plus dungarees. Dungarees as well. Um, so that's definitely something that's really amazing. And I guess I want to, um, I'm going to get in a little bit to your journeys, right? Because we're all coaches, but we all didn't like come out the womb as coaches. Um, <laughs> so I'd love to start with you, Sarah, you know, what was, what was your journey towards being a wealth coach and why, why wealth coaching? So wealth coaching for me, I think I spent the last 20 years in financial services, which is kind of the way I've seen it and experienced it has been quite a grey world or certainly a grey-blue world. So there's not a tremendous amount of colour or energy. It, it feels in some cases a little bit stifled and like you have to be a, a certain way or you have to be um, a certain person to be able to participate in financial services or to be able to have money, grow money. And the reason I created Wealth Coach was to almost turn that on its head. So if you have a look at Wealth Coach online, you'll notice that it's just full of colour and energy and it's an encouraging environment and it's an environment which anybody who wants to be a part of can be a part of. So there's no barrier to entry. Um, And I feel like, I guess, my feeling in financial services was that you have to have a certain amount of money to invest to invest or to get advice or whatever. So the reason for creating Wealth Coach was to look at things differently. So putting the power back with the individual rather than the institution. So people making their own decisions rather than being told what to do. So that was kind of my big why for creating the business. And I love being able to bring that into Career Clubhouse. It's great to have the the monthly mindset 
sort of seminars or, or, or classes, whatever we call them. Um, and it's fantastic to see the growth of the ladies that attend those sessions and the comments that they make afterwards and the real changes that they're making in their lives. Like that's just ace to be a part of that. I think we probably all feel the same about that. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for bringing us along for that journey a little bit there. And, and Rachel, what about you, whole person, life coach, enabling yeah. people around relationships, career? Like, how did that come about for you? So I guess I discovered coaching maybe about six years ago, six, seven years ago. And I was, so I used to be a primary school teacher um, and I went to like a coaching experience day and I asked myself this question of like, what would you do if you had nothing to fear? Um, and at the time I was going over and over in my head whether I should stay in teaching or not. And that day I was like, I'm going to leave. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea that I'm going to leave. Um, so I'd always had this loose goal to want to be a coach. But the reason I so courageously use my business um, which focus on, focuses on relationships. And the reason I went down that route was because 2018, I went through a, a personal journey of um, kind of getting to a place of doubt in my long-term relationship and really struggling to figure out what was the right thing to do. And kind of just lost, I felt like I'd collected all of these layers of like who I needed to be. And I needed to just peel them all back. Um, and I didn't trust myself to make dis- good decisions. I didn't trust myself. Uh, I didn't trust my feelings. Didn't think there was really any place for feelings. So going through that process and kind of making a decision, I felt like it gave me just this sense of courage in myself that like, I can trust myself. I can make hard decisions. And from there, it made the decision to then like become a coach and, and properly start my business seem easy almost and it isn't easy don't you know don't get me wrong but I had one of those moments that was like if I can voice my truth in my relationship sphere then I can do that in my career as well Um, and that's why I kind of like to focus on both because so much so much of what happened in my relationship and understanding myself there applies to the business stuff Um, yeah so I like to help other people do the same because I think there's just a fundamental one thing I really struggled with was constantly looking outside of myself and getting opinions from other people who don't know you or have your best interests but don't know what's right for you and then you end up feeling like just stuck in analysis paralysis and wondering what what's wrong with you and have you lost your mind (laughs) oh my goodness so much in that and I think Mm -hmm. that's a huge commonality that we share um and I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think any of us, you know, say that we exclusively work with women. Mm-hmm. Um, but the work that we do in Career Clubhouse or even a lot of the work that I've done in general with private clients is about helping people to trust themselves and helping mm-hmm. a lot of women to trust themselves. Because it is that thing where we have a problem. We phone a friend, we phone our mom, we go to Google we go everywhere apart from ourselves. Yeah. And even if we go to ourselves, we second guess ourselves, right? That's where people start to talk about stuff like um, imposter syndrome or having low self-confidence or fear or paralyzed by worry and indecision. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that just comes down to a lack of self-trust. Um, and in a sense, that's one of the biggest ways that I find that we as women give away our power. Yeah. Because that trust and that power comes hand in hand. So if you're not trusting yourself, you're trusting someone else or something else. Mm -hmm. And this was a huge thing for me last year 
as, um, you know, I, I pivoted to being a career success coach last year because I realized after few and a bit years in the business that that is what people were bringing into the space. And I was like, I'm, I've been helping people with their CV since I was 11. Like I did adults CVs in my family. Like this is, career's always been one of mine for me, right? I had a mean handshake, age 13, this is me. Um, but I realized when I was working with people in the initial sense, which was more as a mentor, so I was saying, send me your CV and I'll make the changes. Um, let's let's look through your LinkedIn profile and let's, you know, you should move that there. You should do that there. You should post this. And I, w- I realized, um, and this became acutely, like, this was like in my face when I was kind of doing work around what would be most impactful. What would be long lasting? When I thought about the transformations I'd gone through, it's always been the transformations that were self-driven. I had the breakthrough. I had the big epiphany. I had the big woo-woo moment. And I I had that resolve and that self-trust that lasted for ages. Less likely to remember the impact of the courses I did when somebody just told me what to do. And that was when I kind of caused a shift. And in fact, it started me on my journey to creating the membership because I wanted to create a space where it wasn't this flash in the pan. We spend two hours in a workshop, you're on cloud nine, then you do nothing. Or worse, you then come back to me and you go, when's your next workshop? When's your next thing? Oh, when's your next vlog? When's your next podcast? Because I didn't finish. I didn't finish what we started there and I can't finish it until you tell me what two and three and four is. And I realized how much I was handicapping people through working with them in that way. Um, And I don't say that to say I don't do workshops. I don't do stuff that's instructional. But as much as possible, I try to do it in a way where there is a long term relationship and there is a level of accountability that goes to the person. So if you come to a workshop, I'm going to ask you coaching questions in there. I'm going to I'm going to share some tools and then I'm going to challenge the same tools that I put up. I'm going to ask who disagrees with this. We're talking about imposter syndrome. Who relates? You don't relate? Excellent. Mm. What else do you relate to instead? And having that sort of dialogue to give people back the trust within themselves and give them back that power within themselves. Um, and that was a huge thing for me. And that's why to, to this day, you know, when you make a decision in general in life, what usually happens within the short period after is some pop up. That's <laughs> really the decision you want to make. You know, and I had people come and say, you know, can we just jump on a call for an hour and you can just support me with this application? And I was just like, I don't do that anymore. If I do that inside the career clubhouse, why is it inside the career clubhouse? Because those ladies get coaching every week. So I can talk to them one day and the next day they can interrogate it for themselves and find their own answer. They are resourced. They have the community. They're able to send any of us a message. And that, for me, brought me a little bit more peace. Basically, <laughs> it brought me more peace that I was enabling people, much in the way that teachers say, like, your job's done when they don't need you. That's literally it. Like, there are ladies that are in the membership that are so amazing that if they turned around tomorrow and said, I won't renew, awesome. Awesome. Which can seem so counterintuitive, but it's like, there are some things that nobody can take away from you. And whether or not you can log into this magical portal with all the resources, whether you're talking to us every month or every week, um, if you've taken those tools on genuinely for yourself, nobody can take that away. And that for me is my job done. Like that for me is our job done, right? Because mm-hmm. it's about showing up. Like I can't leave money mindset. I can tell people my experiences and money. I can tell them what I've learned, what I'm working on, but that isn't my zone of genius. That isn't 
my ballpark. And I think there's an element of people being in safe hands. But again, for me, being aligned with both of you on that same belief that it's about creating a space to bring back that trust. Not we're like Mm -hmm. your gurus and we're going to like fix everything in your life. No, if you show up for yourself and you challenge yourself, it's quite likely we will flip your life upside down in a very positive way. And I say that to be quite, I don't to be honest. It sounds like I'm like tooting my own horn, but it's not about my horn. It's about just what happens when you show up for yourself in any area of life. If you apply yourself to something, you'll see the results. And that's what we've had the great honor and pleasure of witnessing in a lot of the women. To see what happens to women, especially when they carve out that space for themselves, when they tell the children, you're going to need to cook dinner tonight or it's takeaway because I'm jumping on my, my call, or I'm jumping on coaching or I'm going to yoga, right? All of those sort of things. And it's just so, so exciting um, to see. Ooh. Yes, totally. <laughs> um, and that's my next question, you know, again, we don't, all of us, we don't work exclusively with women, but in the career clubhouse context, we work with women and I know we work with them outside. So that self-trust is sort of one thing, but what are some of the other things that you found through your work with women that can hold them back or just stop them from playing big and, you know, stepping into everything that's there? Yeah, so actually just this month in Career Clubhouse, we the subject was on value and how we value ourselves and how we appreciate all the great things that we already have within us. And I think as women, sometimes we can very easily dismiss all the accomplishments that we've already made, all the great things that we can already do, all the things that we love to do, we can almost shrink ourselves and make ourselves smaller and forget all of that good existing value because we're so focused on everybody else around us is one thing. Another thing is, you know, the future and the things that you want to do in the future. So like all these, all these future strengths that you want to work on, you're so focused on them that you're not actually seeing the huge value that you already have. And appreciating that, appreciating that value is really the foundation of, of everything because it's how we make sure we earn what we're worth. It's how we make sure things are shared equally at home whatever your home environment looks like you know carrying that worth and and holding on to it is I think the the biggest foundation for us as women Um, and I've I've loved doing that work and and sharing that yeah amazing so that value value okay what about you Rachel What, what have you found through your work holding women back quite similar to Sarah actually I think there's an element of we think that there are so many things to fix about ourselves. Mm. And so I think we're held back because we're so focused on overanalyzing. Well, you know, I'm not very assertive, so I need to be more assertive. So how do I learn how to, and I'm I'm sharing this as a personal example. This is me about five years ago, probably less than that. Um, You know, how do I learn how to do that? Should I read a book about it? Okay, I'll read a book about it. Do I need to go to a workshop about it? And it's that whole culture of, self-help which you know I'm a big fan of self-help um but it's it's when it becomes very we can get caught away or I see women getting really carried away with what do I need to fix and how do I do it and then they take a minute to pause and they're like I don't even care about that stuff like why what is this actually for um so I think that that holds 
women back from really realizing like what is important to them and 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 it is okay if that's important and it's okay for some things for you to just go I actually don't care about that and let it go yeah mm. what the freedom that comes when you realize that you do not care about something. <laughs> you know what I mean it's like similar to when people talk about a to-do list and a not to-do list when you write your not to-do list it's like oh this to-do list isn't too bad now it's shifting that whole perspective on stuff and I think I I 100% agree with both of those like that whole idea of us placing value on ourselves and again that the trust and self-help oh my gosh yeah there was a time where I was embarrassed at how much self-help I inhaled like people ask what you're reading or like what you get up to I'd start lying at a certain point and that makes me sad like that made me sad that I had to hide the fact that I was 14 reading books about business mm. because, you know, it, as we record this conversation, it's International Women's Day. Um, and it's a great time, a great time to be online. There's lots of celebrations, lots of conversations. The theme is choose to challenge. So everyone's sort of sharing their own perspective on that. But more than anything, it's a great time for us to just reflect on how women are have come so far but still have so so much further to go um and I think that's what's front of my mind um and it's always front of my mind I think it was two weeks ago we had a team meeting where we started to plan the next few months worth of workshops and coaching and things like that and it's so thoughtful it's so um like nothing we do is by accident basically let's put it Mm -hmm. that way right and a huge part of that is to create this space where women don't need to feel like they need to lie about what they did on the weekend or about what they care about or what their priorities are or how much money they want to earn, how much savings they want to have, like the lifestyle they want to have to afford for their children, the, the challenges that they're ready to just take on, like that can all be declared without explanation. And I think that's for me when I think, like I don't have children at the moment, but when I have children, I want them to be unashamed in what they're interested in, in what their passions are. I don't want them to feel like they need to fit in this sort of box or this sort of status quo of of what should matter to you because of your gender, your race, or any other facet of your identity. I kind of want them to feel free to define themselves for themselves and be like super proud in that. Um, And I think that's a space that's, that's almost been a little bit missing, especially for the women that, that are, yeah, the women are ambitious. <laughs> That's literally what it is. Because ambitious women are the women that every Christmas you're gonna like. If you're in a relationship, holding the hand up here, people are asking when's the marriage, when's the kids, and you're kind of not pressed. Like, you, my, speaking from my own experience, I'd like to have both of those things. I'm not in a rush. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not in a rush when I think about my priorities. And it's so funny. I joke with my mum about this. I literally just had a phone conversation with my mum yesterday where my whole family was watching a film and they all decided to like share, you know, oh, Jazz will probably have a baby later this year. My mum was just like, I think not. No. Um, Have you seen the calendar? (laughs) Thank you for being my spokesperson because my priority right now is my career. It's growing my business. It's carving these spaces. Now priorities may change. And they're free to change. Right. And also because I know I'm like a polar opposites person. I am the living homebody. Like I could probably live quite happily as like the 60s housewife just with 
more respect and freedom and all of that stuff. You know, <laughs> not all the way Becky from Mad Men. Like I'd be a little bit more sassy, a bit more empowered. Don Draper's second wife blended with. Anyway, I'm going on tangents here. But what I'm trying to say here is I have the freedom to choose. I have the freedom to challenge the people who may be near and dear to me, right? They love and they care about me. Who's just like, oh, you don't want to slow down? This is my choice. This is my choice. And I want you to celebrate my choice with me. Um, and I want to be able to be open about my choice. I want to be able to answer you honestly when you say, how was your weekend? How's your year been? What's your resolutions for the year? What are you working on at the moment? I don't want to feel like I have to be like, oh yeah, business is fine. That's fun. When I really want to be like, business is amazing. I'm learning so much about myself and I'm reading this book and I'm doing this course on blah, blah, blah. But again, I know the reality. Some people can't take that much information. It's like <laughs> overwhelmed. And again, that's something to unpack, right? How much of ourselves do we censor to make the other person feel comfortable? And I know this comes up a lot around money. It used to come up for me around money, right? And I remember messaging my family last year. And I said, when we're out of this thing, I'm taking you all on holiday. Like, if I keep on going the way that I'm going, that's what it's about. I don't want, like, I want to let you know, this is how much money that I want to earn. And this is what it means to me. At the core of me sorting out my money mindset, having a successful and profitable business, growing in my career is more time with you guys. Mm. And I think that's the part that we don't realize when we see women saying, I want to make a million. I want to make six figures. I want the promotion. I want the leadership. Or in fact, you know, it's not the monetary thing. I want a job with the expenses account. I want a job that gives me per diem or, you know, whatever that may be at the core of it. It's more than that. Like it, it goes back to that woman's values and what's important. Like I want to grow my business so that I could actually sit down and eat a dinner with my husband, like that sort of stuff. That's the reality of it. And I think it's the same if we flip it over in terms of men, but nobody gets that prickly feeling when a man says, yes, we're projected to make a million this year. But the minute a woman says it, right? The minute Bumble goes on the stock market, the world loses their mind because they're just like, I know for, for there were people when Whitney pushed that button with her baby on her hip, there were people that said, how dare she bring a child into the stock market? And I've just put on a character, I've put on a voice, okay? Put on a voice. I just <laughs> want to illustrate it, okay? There are some people that don't like that. And then there are us where we're just like, <laughs> it's a phrase that gets said so much, but it's like, love to see it. Love to see it. Because what that is, is a woman who had trust in herself. She had self-confidence she valued herself she valued her business her ideas her ingenuity that's the word um she went for it and it's not to say that it's easy I don't want us to simplify these things that we see women in the public I do because for everything external that you do there's some internal stuff that comes along with it whether you want to face that stuff prep for it or not it's going to come along with you um but that sort of stuff excites me when I sit in this moment of International Women's Day and the whole idea of choosing to challenge, challenge our perceptions, right? Challenge our biases, challenge the stereotypes and define ourselves for ourselves. I think mm -hmm. that we're, we're ready for that. We're ready for more women doing that. Won't it be great when we see something like that and we see the, the bumble flow and we don't go, oh, that's a woman. Oh, no, <laughs> a woman did that. It's, a, it's not a man. It's not a man that's just had that success. It's a woman. Oh, my God. Oh, 
like you know and it goes nuts and it's a massive story it's a person and actually yeah. so much emphasis on the fact that this is a woman that has done this it's so frustrating like we want this all to be normal. We want it to be super exciting that anybody has had a, a float and a success yeah. like this, but we don't want it to be such a shock that it's a woman. And we don't, not such a shock that it's a woman and not such a shock that it's a woman. A woman with a baby? Oh my God, that's like, <laughs> and a relationship. And creating you're actually woman. with someone and he's let her do that. What, God, <laughs> what's he doing? Is he a stay-at-home dad? Oh, it's just that whole oh we, we you yeah. know when you're not doing that and that is just normal brilliant and even better when a dad is there with the baby on his hip floating something on on the stock exchange yeah. just kind of that point where we don't all go oh front page front page front page top of internet search it's a woman oh <laughs> it's just like I look forward to that day when oh yeah brilliant She's brilliant hundred <laughs> percent and like, what do you think of? So those were like my reflections, International Women's Day, Choose to Challenge. What comes up for you, Sarah? Oh, for me. So I've, I've been looking at lots of stats because I'm, I'm giving a presentation um, tomorrow that's all part of International Women's Day. And yeah. I've been looking at lots of stats, just stats of the last sort of 10 or 20 years and the real changes that have been being made to get towards some sort of equality. We're absolutely not there yet. Like it was a massive celebration that in the FTSE 100, um, they achieved their target of 33% of, uh, of of boards being women. You know, it is a bit frustrating that that target was 33%. And we need, we need to use that. And that needs to be infiltrated through all businesses, not just listed businesses. You know, it needs to become normal that, we are equal in leadership positions, that we're equal in all positions and that it's not necessarily um, always assumed that it's going to be the woman that stays at home with the children. If anybody stays at home with the children, you know, we, we need to just normalise the, the whole thing. And there's, I mean, there's so much work being done on this, which is fantastic. So uh, Anna Whitehouse has been doing immense work on her flex appeal. There's loads of incredible people who are making huge differences um, in in the area of kind of childcare and who does what and trying to trying to normalise everything, just being more equal, which is which is lovely. And that's kind of what I what I'm looking forward to. And I guess making a, making a joke before about the, the bumble listing, but. I look forward to a future where these things are celebrated, but not just because it's a woman. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, so many juicy stats. So many. What about you, Rachel? I was kind of reflecting on this, like choose to challenge from from a internal perspective, because I think there's a, there's an element of that that's almost choose to challenge yourself and choose to feel into the discomfort. Um, and I say that because I feel like one of my learnings has been, we don't live, the world that we live in is not all rosy and peaches. When you think about the events of last year, when you think about issues of race, issues of gender, there's so much like horrible stuff out there and so much inequality and so much injustice. But I had, I guess been in a fortunate position to just be like, I will just hide away from all of this because I've always got a great deal of, of my resilience from my sense of optimism. And I was like, how can I be optimistic about 
you know, what the landscape looks like for women, maybe it'll just be easier if I just pretend there's nothing wrong. And I think there's really a discomfort in opening up the box and looking at, you know, women through history. Um, I've been reading a lot recently about like the the way that science, uh, scientific research and health research um, is disadvantaged towards women because it's always just been like white men that are being experimented on and things like that. But the thing that I do want to say is I think if you feel uncomfortable about doing that and educating yourself on it, just sit with it because I thought it would feel really disempowering and really like depressing, but actually I feel completely more in a position to challenge because you realize that not everything is your personal responsibility. You realize that you're not just fighting something and thinking, why can't I have more, um, more self-trust? Why can't I do better in my career? It's like, there's a whole system around you and we're such a product of our environment. So I think, yeah, in choosing to challenge other people, I think it starts with that education piece for yourself and it will be uncomfortable, but you've just got to lean into it. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a huge thing that can be very empowering and it it forces you into perspective when you realise a lot of this is systemic. Like it's built into the laws, it's built into the policies, you know, and it can feel like it's really, really far away. But when you switch on your TV and you've got mothers in houses of parliament saying, look, you forgot about us and then you remembered us and you screwed us over. Hashtags, you know, pregnant and skewed. Hashtag pregnant, then screwed. <laughs> I had to make sure I got that right. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well because it was eye-opening for me. Like I said, I don't have children, but I have a younger sister who's expecting a child. I've got cousins, I've got friends who have children. Um, and watching on the TV to see that, to hear their stories, to hear the reality, it makes you then go into work the next day for me because I'm the only one on this call with a boss. Um, <laughs> which is good. I have a lovely boss. Don't get me wrong. You guys will hear me talk about them all the time. They're lovely. Um, but it makes you go into your workplace and actually look up the maternity policy and the paternity policy and the flexible working policy and the disabled access policy and the equality policies and all of those things it makes you realize that ultimately all of this sits underneath the law of the land but these are a little bit closer right you can to an extent you can pop off a message to hr or ceo you kind of know who they are to say hey um what does it mean why is this different and that's where we can start to see actually you know what if we're challenging our organizations like corporate social responsibility has been around for so 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 long and i think last year people started to realize actually these businesses and businesses have always been this these businesses can be catalysts for change in the communities that they serve because they take enough from the communities that they serve and as much as there's still a school of thought that think well the community should be grateful they've created job opportunities okay Okay. However, comma, you still have a duty. It's my my belief is that organizations still have a duty to the community. So whether that's a community that's a little bit more abstract. So I work in tech. So I believe that my organization has a duty towards the whole tech in ecosystem to, you know, be pro-equality and uphold the highest of standards. I also think they have an immediate uh, responsibility within the places they have offices. Right. So it's stuff like that where I'm just like, 
this is this is bigger but it's a tool for change and that's why i'm quite interested to see because there's a lot of noise around um businesses being the thing to carry us through the post-pandemic economic downturn and stuff but businesses are the thing that have been able to carry us through the amount of people that have started businesses in the pandemic the amount of businesses like ours that have that have stayed consistent and showed up during the pandemic to support people emotionally um you know in terms of their personal development their well-being their mindset all of that stuff like it's a way it's a vehicle for us to create solutions and you know be the change that we want to see but literally quite literally being able to decide things on our own terms and show up and make a change in a in a genuine way so all of that is like really exciting um, to see around this time and I 100% agree choosing challenge starts off with you because when I thought about it five years ago the stuff that I'm challenging now <laughs> the emails and the messages that I'm sending now the videos I'm doing now I didn't know myself well enough to do that I didn't know my value well enough I didn't know what I brought to the table I didn't have a clear view on um, risk right take people unashamedly once you've been made redundant you kind of roll with the punch you just like look i'm made redundant i survived so i'm going to say what i came here to say i'm going to mean what i say and say what i mean and we're going to go from here and we're going to hope for the best right (laughs) and it doesn't mean that i'm immune from any sort of worry about anything you know and i do acknowledge that that is a privilege to feel that i can have a career that's values led stand up for myself stand up for others without fear of reproach um and that's even something that I had to grow into the trust of, right? The employer that I work with, I've, I've had conversations. We've had really open conversations where I've been able to express myself and they've been able to start to understand, okay, what would make you feel included as a black member of staff, as a woman? Like, what does that look like? You know, what does safety mean for you? Do you feel, do you feel like you're at risk? Do you, you know, having those open conversations, um, which I think we're going to have more of, as the year kind of goes on because we have to acknowledge that part it's all good and well telling people to say no to the evil corporations and say no to the quote-unquote opportunities and say no to unpaid work and say no to this and that but for some people that is the next best decision because their circumstances are different to us so that's one thing that I'm also sort of wary of um but again fuels me to do it more if I'm in the privileged position to do it I'm going to fight for equal pay so that the person who can't afford to fight for it can't afford to walk into a meeting that might leave in them being made, um, you know, being asked to leave or something like that so that they don't have to worry about it. That woman doesn't have to worry about it, you know, almost using that safety. So went on a bit of a tangent there, but, you know, choosing to challenge. Let's think, let's think about these themes, Pete. Think about them. Think about them before we just join the wave. Like, are we, are you challenging? What are you challenging in your world? What was the last thing you saw? And you said, absolutely nothing. And I'm asking our listeners this not to make anybody feel guilty, but to do that internal challenge. I didn't speak up because I've watched somebody somebody go through bad consequences for speaking up. I didn't speak up because I don't think our organization's there yet. I didn't speak up because I wasn't in the room with somebody else who would back me up. Like, these are very real things. And as long as you continue to challenge yourself internally, you'll then eventually get to the space where you feel like you can be that person to say, hey, no, (laughs) no. Boundary here, don't cross it. Thank you.
<laughs> yeah, and I love what you said about um, starting to be okay with feeling uncomfortable. Like mm. it's not the end of the world to feel uncomfortable. It's it's good to get into that space where you almost normalize an uncomfortable feeling because it's it's like be, being in an uncomfortable space is almost like being in a growth space. It it feels different in your body it feels like a challenge but it's Mm -hmm. always beneficial longer term you'll always get something out of it and like you said jazz whether you're actually ready to actually speak up or whether you just feel it and make a decision to wait until next time it's the feeling it feeling of it and like you said rachel sitting in that space and and that feeling that helps you to know who you really are and that's the key, who you really are and, and, and what you're willing to show up for and what you want to achieve in your life. It, it all comes from getting into those feelings of, of uncomfortableness and stretch, um, which is coaching, yeah. isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. If you, haven't really <laughs> if you started this episode halfway through, we're all coaches. We're going to take you to the land of introspection and reflection. Grab a journal if you haven't already. This is this is just what we do. Um, and actually, that brings me on to my next question, right? Because we introduced ourselves as different types of coaches, and I think coaching has an interesting reputation. Let's put it that way. I think it's always had an interesting reputation um, from the beginning, but I think what, especially when it appeared more in the online space, it's it's come with some interesting connotations and stereotypes and things like that. Um, there's a lot of material out there that li- that will lead you to believe that you can be a, a coach tomorrow simply by willing it so um, and, and labeling yourself as such. And um, I raise an eyebrow to that content. Um, and I invite any of you to drop me an email if you think that that is the route that you want to take. We can, we can work together. Um, but... Wealth coach, whole person, life coach, relationship coach, careers coach. What are some of, I guess, the misconceptions that you encounter around your particular type of coaching? I'll start with Sarah. Uh, Yeah, so misconceptions. Do you know what? I feel like um, I'm quite clear in what in what happens in my specific coaching so um I don't tend to come across too many of my clients who have any misconceptions about it but I think that some of the common misconceptions can be that there is a huge difference between a coach and a mentor and whilst people might do the the two together I think it's really important that you understand what it is that you're looking for from your coaching relationship if you are going to use a coach because a a coach that the term of a coach is really supporting somebody to get into understanding themselves Mm. whereas a mentor is kind of it's teaching somebody something that you already know a lot about so there's a huge difference between the two now in in wealth coaching I do mix both of them up because obviously I've got 20 years experience in financial services I've been a financial planner um, and I'm a certified financial coach so um, for me a huge part of what somebody's probably looking for when they come to work with me is an element of of mentoring on certain subjects so educating empowering on certain things to do with finances but then there is the coaching side which is very much about that person about that individual understanding 
what actually makes them tick and what they want to achieve out of life, out of wealth, about these things for the self. So I think it's understanding the mix between the both because some people, I think, call themselves coaches, but what they actually are is is mentors. So they're mm. people that have done this thing and they're then going to tell you how to do this thing. And I think it doesn't necessarily work in the same way for everybody. So if you go to somebody who is very much a mentor, it might not quite work out for you because you might just be learning how they did it mm. rather than how you actually want to do it. So yeah, I hope that made sense. Yeah, that made a hundred percent sense. And I think that was a, I think that it made me think back to this weekend. I did a workshop on side hustles, side hustle boot camp, and um, I opened up a Q and A throughout the day. Um, and it was quite funny because somebody asked the question, and then I asked them a question back, and they took a deep breath and they said, "You're coaching me, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I warned you, I warned you." I warn everybody at the top of every workshop, even if it's a mentory type workshop. I'm like, I'm still a coach here, okay. So I'm going to follow my intuition. And when I feel a question is warranted, I'm going to ask a question. And when I feel like it, it's most helpful for me to just share, this is how I approach this. This is what I think you should check out. This is what you can experiment with. Then I will. So that blend, I think, can be so powerful. Because again, it's not about dismissing the reasons why people choose to work with one coach over another and dismissing the value in us learning from each other's experiences. Like That's why I have a bookshelf behind me because I believe in the power of mentoring. I believe in the power of somebody going through something, documenting it for me, and then saying, hey, give me $9.99 and I'll give you my entire, (laughs) I'll give you the playbook, I'll give you the ups, downs, the in-betweens, the top tips, whatever it looks like. That is so valuable. Even Even on podcasts, you know, it's valuable to just hear that because then that's what gives you the options, that gives you the inspiration. Sometimes you literally just, you need an answer. Yeah. (laughs) what is it? What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's important. What about you, Rachel? What are the um, misconceptions? Does anyone come to you and say, I want to break up with my partner? So you're the coach I want to work with? Yeah. So sometimes that's the, that's the question, you know, um, because it's in, I'm in that place of doubt and I don't know whether I want to like stay or leave. Um, and I love what you both just said. I have such a, I'm so fired up about this because I think it's fine to be a coach and a mentor. It's fine to be a coach and a therapist, but just be explicit about where the line is between those two. And I think um, the main mis- misconceptions for me are probably the therapy line, I would say. Mm. Um, and then the place for emotions in it. So whole person coaching um, it's kind of it's based on the idea that once you come to know yourself uh, socially, emotionally, spiritually, physically and mentally, you place yourself in the position to thrive in all aspects of your life. And I think something that can be difficult looking at that style of coaching and looking at therapy is people sometimes think that there's no place for emotion in coaching. And actually, I probably did five, six, seven years ago and all pro- probably all of my clients at some point when they've got emotional, especially if it's a relationship specific topic, you know, will apologize. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm wasting your time. And it's like, no, this is your, this is your space. Just because you are emotional doesn't mean you need therapy. Emotion is absolutely at the heart of everything that we do. And actually I think there's a huge place for it in coaching because if you are aiming for a goal and you're getting strategic and you're being really methodical, if there's a, an unaddressed emotion in there, it's going to stop you from, achieving that goal so I think 
yeah, one of those misconceptions is that the emotional bits only have place in therapy. Oh, and I think the other one is probably because of what you said, Jazz, people can call themselves coaches without having proper training. I get people that are a little bit wary that they're being judged or like, you're asking me a question because you know the answer and you're trying to test me. And I think there's a real skill you learn as a coach in operating from a place of genuine curiosity. Like I'm never going into that conversation with an agenda. This is the whole point of what I do. It's, I don't have any judgment. There's no expectation. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I don't know. I don't know what, what's the right thing for you. And so I'm not asking a question from a place of like, hmm, I know what you should do, but I'm going to make it look like I'm coaching you. It's genuine curiosity. But I think you have to, like, we have a responsibility to put clients at ease um, if they are a bit worried about that, because it can really hold back the process if they're feeling like, I'm not sure what that relationship is. Um, And to your point, Sarah, just being really clear in a consult or for people that are interested in having a coach, asking loads of questions and finding out the style of, of their coach as well. Yeah, I feel like I need to declare. So each of us, if you go to our websites today, we will have some sort of call. This is not any kind of mystic med call where we see into your soul and we spend the rest of the coaching sessions trying to get you to find out what we intuitively know about you. So no, there are not preconceptions. <laughs> we literally just go with what you bring into the session. Now, again, if we're doing that blend of mentoring for sure, um, we'll have a bit of a structure, a framework, you know, things that we discuss that you want to learn that we're going to make sure that you get within the three sessions, six sessions, 12 sessions, how many sessions, however many sessions is happening. But um, I think that's an important thing to, to, to point out because also when you're being coached, it can feel like that sometimes. It can feel like the coach is reading your mind. Um, and that's part of the magic of it. And I feel like that's all I'm going to say on that. I think if you're curious about that, reach out and... Uh, <laughs> get yourself into a coaching space because that's the fun of it um but I think that's a huge thing for us to yeah to sort of point out that the questions are not it's not a quiz um there are questions that you're going to take away um there are questions that you're going to like note down for later and I think that's what's quite interesting around the sort of self-trust is that it gets you to that space of trusting that your coach is not asking you a question because it's a quiz they're asking you a question to go deeper within yourself and so that you know the answer for you right even if we take like I take notes during a coaching session I'm not writing down everything everybody's saying verbatim I'm writing down the parts that just came out of your mouth and you didn't even realize you said it yes I'm writing down the commitments that you're making not to me to yourself And I think that's what's interesting about coaching as a space for accountability is we give you that muscle. We put like we put the thing back in your hands. Right. It's not about, oh, I've got a coach who messages me every day to make sure that I'm on track. Well, there are some coaches that are like that. You know, if you pay for a high ticket person, trainer slash nutritionist, I kind of, you know, I'm going to go for the package where you're going to check in on me. You're going to ask me to take pictures of my fridge and stuff like that because I need that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the way we work with you is I'm holding you what you said you wanted to do and if you didn't want to do it like if you show up to this coaching session again it's not school it's not quiz how did you get on with your commitments last week oh I didn't do any of them the conversation is not going to be like oh my gosh what a very very bad coaching client you are are you (laughs) serious about this work how do you feel about not doing it because again often 
you end up in a space where it's just like, because it didn't matter to me anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, not really passionate there because it's there's so many things. There's so many things. When you're being coached, there's so much stuff that we want to say where we want to be like, yes, more of this. Yes. And I think the three of us, we do that as well. You know, we reflect back. It will be always be your own language, but we will pause you and we'll say, can you just say that again? reflection you said <laughs> how you build the self-trust that's how you build your confidence that's how you by just tapping into everything that you already had when you walked into the coaching session we didn't give you anything we just held up the mirror exactly and it's always quite incredible isn't it when somebody says something just falls out it falls out of their mouths and then they go i didn't know i felt like that <laughs> that's a total life of moment what you know it's it's quite incredible to be a part of that process mm-hmm. you, you actually don't know what's inside until you actually go digging for it it is like literally the treasure metaphor yeah. it really is and there's so much there's so so much treasure in there and I think that's what's really interesting because I think some people think oh weekly group coaching isn't that a bit much and I'm just like the group so not everybody gets the same person doesn't get coached every week um but second of all you're always living life there's always a richness to explore and whether you're exploring that by observing someone else be coached and taking your own reflections or whether you're being coached yourself um now we build up the muscle Mm -hmm. right we eat every day we sleep every day there's certain people in our lives that we talk to every week why not talk to yourself every week first episode it's gonna be the first of many um because we're gonna jump into so many different topics gonna might pull some stuff out from career clubhouse like some of the topics that have been most powerful um but i'd love to close by asking the ladies a question that i haven't i don't think i've even asked you this in in life so this isn't interesting to me like i'm putting my like hands on my cheeks in anticipation like <laughs> um what is your favorite thing about career clubhouse and i'll start off with rachel because she looks so nervous on the screen <laughs> i'm just i'm just thinking but there's everything like I just the first thing that came into my my mind was like value 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 like I just think there's so much in there and I love your and I'm gonna I tried to quote this to the ladies in group coaching jazz and I'm sorry but I made a terrible job of it I was like you know that thing jazz says about taking taking the stuff and then some other stuff you you don't take (laughs) what is it the buffet pick up the sausage roll leave the carrot sticks Um, it's that what, what what's the what's the saying take what you need and leave the rest <laughs> take what you need and leave the rest <laughs> I love that mentality of it and I think there's so much that you can take and there's no pressure for it to feel like you're not fulfilling something or not meeting a requirement it's really just what the ladies need in that time um and the second thing because i'm going to squeeze another one in there is just the community of it just like to see the relationships that have been built between the different women um and them learning from each other and learning from us and us learning from them it's just such a wonderful space to bring it all together amazing thank you sarah what's your favorite so all the things that rachel said definitely I love those. And I even put your little saying in one of my presentations, which you know about your quote, you know, 
whatever, whatever it is, I've forgotten it as well now, but take, take, take what you need and leave the rest. That's, is it that? <laughs> yeah, it's that. It shouldn't be hard, should it? But it just, <laughs> I feel the podcast is. It's just, you need it in your spirit, right? Where it's just like, take that, take that, pick a mix. Yeah, Perfect. but it's just such a lovely thing to hear because I think so much of the time we look and we think, oh my goodness, there's four sessions this week. I want to do all of them. They all look really exciting. I'm going to put it on my to-do list to make sure I do it. And then it sits new to-do list. You're like, I've got to listen to those four sessions. And actually you could just pick one this week and then you could listen back to the others in two weeks time. You don't need to put pressure on yourself. You can pick the bits that are really exciting to you. So yeah, I love that, that saying too. But the real big thing for me is when I see any comments on any sessions from any of the ladies that are saying, oh, I did this and I did that and it was amazing and now I feel like this and it's all so exciting. So I just love checking in on the comments that the ladies are putting on all of our sessions where they're saying the value that it's bringing to their lives and the changes that it's making to them. That's the single best thing for me anywhere is, you know, people actually getting something out of it, making changes in their lives, in their careers, you know, in their futures, which are huge for them. So, yeah, I absolutely adore that. And I've actually got a, um, funnily enough, I like I like to write these nice things down. I like to write testimonials down. And so I've got written on my pin board a testimonial from last week, which is where one of the ladies said, I quoted my new rate to a potential client already yesterday. Boom. I might add with ease and confidence because I'm worth it. And just reading that is like, Woo, yeah, you did. And just seeing that the ladies are writing comments like this just for me feels feels incredible and yeah it's it's worth all the hard work that we all put in to to receive those great changes for people oh my gosh yeah that's amazing I'm so I'm cheating because I asked the question so I'm not going to answer it but I agree with absolutely everything that you said. <laughs> all of it is my favorite thing um I'll probably add to it I'll add to it let me answer the question um so we're in at the moment at the time of us recording we're in the third month of career clubhouse um and i sent a survey at the beginning of march and just asked the ladies you know how can we support you further which parts like which components are you getting the most value out of because i knew what i was doing when i designed this i knew it's going to have the intensity of a course and that's why we spend a lot of our time just reminding the ladies give yourself grace you're not expected to go to everything because it's not a course it may feel like one because we literally can see each other several times a week if you want, but it's not a course. Take what you need, leave the rest. Um, but to put out that feedback survey, leave it, leave it ticking over, and then go in and open up my blank document and my plan and say, right, so group coaching, we're going to take it to the next level. We're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about power and control. We're going to talk about these boundaries. Um, and then also from the perspective of the the content and the experiences are always co-created based on where the ladies are at. And a lot of the ladies within the membership are side hustlers like myself or full-time entrepreneurs or aspiring to be so. Um, and one thing that popped up was marketing. And the day that I read that in a response was the very day that I'd had a conversation with a digital marketing expert. And when that happened, and then some other sort of nuggets like that happened, I, I just felt like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing and I'm exactly where I'm meant to be and I'm doing this in the right way. Because even without saying it, we are all so in tune with each other as a community that I feel like I hear their individual voices enough to know what's next. And again, doing it from the point of view of 
I'm about hiring experts to come in and share their expertise. I am not running away to design a course on digital marketing. No, ma'am. No, sir. I will tell them how I do mine. There's literally a video on there on how I redesigned my website, how I approached it, things like that. I'm an open book when it comes to that. But to see that confirm the direction that I was leading the space into, for me, was like getting a golden sticker, like it was getting the the lollipop at the end of the dentist appointment. No, that doesn't make sense. That would make a very, very bad dentist. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you, you get to the park and there's the ice cream van and you've already had the bargain with your mum that you've been good this week. So when the ice cream van comes around, she'll give you two quid and you can go get your Mr. Whippy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was that. It was like, I have this Mr. Whippy and I'm beaming with pride. <laughs> this is what I wanted it to be. And I think that's one thing that's always been interesting because when I started this I had conversations with other women who ran communities and just spoke about what their favorite things were right because our favorite things are the things that we hold dear to us and we'll keep going and even I say it to the ladies in the group even one of the ladies on the feedback survey was just like I know this is not the point of it kind of like that it's just us and I was like you're right it's not the point of it however a huge point of it for me is to still keep it intimate still keep it so that nobody just becomes a number so that everyone's known everybody has a space to share and feedback and be coached and all of that stuff no matter how many women end up in the community because again that's the ethos it's to be seen (laughs) like it's just it's to be seen it's to create that space where you can be seen holistically where you can talk about anything and you can bring it all in the space and you don't have to explain it you don't have to justify you. You can just be you. Um, so that was like gold star checkbox. Let's keep this cracking and let's take it to the next level for me. And that was just like, oh, my heart just broke. <laughs> um, yeah, literally that. And then after that happened, I jumped on a call and we did it. We had a t- our first team meeting and I was like, this is my vision. This is my vision. these are the topics and this is what I think we need to bring and this is what I feel that we need to just change and make easier and create and blah 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 and the ladies were just 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 as on fire as I was for what was next and like literally finishing finishing each other's sentences in terms of like we should do that and then if we do that then we'll move Sarah's session to there so then they've got space to unpack it in the Wednesday session with with Rachel for coaching and you know building it in is that too intense should we give them a space all of that stuff just really designing it to be intentional from top to bottom and that for me is an honor I wouldn't have it any other way um and that's a part that I'm just so grateful for, for us all to be so aligned as the ladies and us as resident coaches, but amongst us as resident coaches who are going to get those dungarees. Yes. And I just want to say, I love, I love that you create that space for me and Sarah to do that and to like bring ourselves into what we do and to, you know, even though I think we're all very similar in terms of what we want to achieve and the vision and what we bring to it, there's also, we have our own unique styles and perspectives. And I, I appreciate that you let us just flourish in that. And I love that I can just say, oh, I was thinking about doing this in group coaches tonight, Jazz. And you're like, yes, do that. Because um, there's nothing more frustrating than not than like being given say like an agenda of what you need to cover for three months and then people not being willing to flex it and I think the fact it's so flexible and you can get that read on the community and be like actually we're going to just do this this week because that's what they need it's just wonderful yeah what she said definitely (laughs) (laughs) amazing so we've spoken about 
you both in the context of being resident coaches in Career Clubhouse. But before we wrap or as we wrap or as the wrap, um, I'd love to just ask if there is anything you want to share with our listeners on how they can connect with you, find out more about this wealth coaching thing, this whole person coaching thing. Um, Yeah, so I'll start with Sarah. Is there anything that people can check out? Cool. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love you to go to my website, which is wealth-coach.co.uk and you'll see kind of, well, everything's on there. You can book a discovery call with me. And we are just about to launch tomorrow, actually, a, a specialist couples course. So you can come with your uh, the love of your life. Uh, you can bring them along and actually learn about each other, learn about each other's sort of money display and uh, how you want to work through your finances together and create some goals and learn how to talk to each other to not end in rows. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. So would love you to, to come on the website and um, have a little look at that. And I'd love to speak to anybody who is interested in, in wealth coaching. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so excited for that course. That sounds really cool. Like, yeah, yeah, it's needed. What about you, Rachel? How can we stalk you online? You can indeed. Um, so I'm on Instagram at courageously you coaching, and my website is courageouslyyou.co.uk. Um, so yeah, I would love to connect with you. You can find out stuff on my website really about uh coaching and focusing on, you know, how do you get clear about who you are and how do you bring that embracing all of the color and chaos of that and bring that into your relationship and your career um, and I have a podcast as well called is it normal uh, where I talk with guests about who we're being in our relationships um, and embracing who we are being and fighting against all of the things that we think that we need to be or should be um, so yeah come and connect with me awesome and you can connect with me all the usual places justjazz.co is the website it's also the instagram and the twitter and everything else under the sun and if you want to join us at career clubhouse go to www.jeffjazz.co forward slash front door where we will welcome you with open arms we will put the kettle on and we will ask you how you are listening to this week's episode of the phenomenal career podcast where you hear the how why and what it takes to build a career that stands out don't forget to leave a review and reach out on social media to let us know what you think i'd love to hear from you did you also know you can work with me to create your own phenomenal career through coaching in the career clubhouse you can even invite me to work with your whole team through group coaching and interactive workshops check the links in the show notes for more info As ever, I wish you nothing less than a phenomenal career.